So if you're, if you're new to Church Project, welcome. We're glad that you are here today. We typically are going through the book of Acts and we're working verse by verse and going through that. We've been in the book of Acts for a long time and we've taken the last couple months a pause on that book. And today what we're, go- we're continuing on is a little series that we're calling Generosity. We're basing this series out of 2 Corinthians chapter 8 verses one through seven. So if you have uh, your YouVersion Bible app, you can open that up, it's a free Bible app. All the notes are on there today and I encourage you to download those notes so you can have them and you can talk during house church about these notes. And by the way, there's no official house churches for the month of December and so reach out to your house church pastor and see if you guys are doing parties or hanging out or or whatever. I'm sure our little house church is gonna have a karaoke party soon, right Chris? What, what? Okay, so I'm back, I'm back. Our, our challenge through this generosity thing, uh, ch- uh, series that we've been doing is to just be more generous. It started a few weeks ago as we literally said, the challenge is this, during the Christmas and holiday seasons, why don't we spend less and give more? Literally our money, why don't we do that? And then we began the last next couple weeks talking about being generous people, being generous in our speech, and today what we're looking at is being generous people in our knowledge. Like what's rolling around in our head up here. And so we're basing it out of 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 7. Let me read through this, and then I'm excited to share the message that I think God has handcrafted for each of us today. So let's read 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verses 1 through 7. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonia churches. In the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that as they gave as much as they were able, even beyond their ability, entirely on their own, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord. Did you hear that? Amen. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord, and then by the will of God also to us. So we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning, uh, made a beginning, to also bring to completion this act of grace on your part. But ex- but but since you excel in everything, what is it that this church is excelling in? It says they excel in everything in faith. We looked at two weeks ago, in speech. We looked at last week, and today what we're gonna look at in knowledge. But since they excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see also that you excel in this grace of giving. And so Pastor Paul is looking back at this church that he had helped start it, and he's saying you excel in so many things. Make sure you continue to be a people that give generously. He's specifically talking about their tithes and their offerings here, but doesn't it, doesn't it just parallel with our lives that we want to be generous people in all of these things that were listed? How many of you want to be generous in your faith? How many of you want to be generous in your speech? And in your knowledge is what we're going to look at today. So 
What do we need to know? We need to know where wisdom comes from, knowledge. Where does knowledge come from? Where does wisdom come from? And I'm gonna riddle through a ton of Bible today. Is that all right, or you want me not to? Like, we're doing it. So you can just take notes, or that's why they're on you version, because I am just riddling Bible verses at us today. We need to know where knowledge comes from. The first place that we can look is Proverbs chapter 9, verses 10. If you know this verse, it says this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So where does wisdom and knowledge come from? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. We're talking about a worldview here. We all have a different worldview. Like where we grew up, I grew up in Ordway, Colorado. I've got the best worldview there is. It's like Kansas and flat and beautiful. I've got a good worldview. Not a lot of smog. A lot of tornadoes, not, but it's a good worldview. And as we grow up and we experience things, like that, that shapes how we view the world and how we see our lens through everything. And so we all have a worldview, and a worldview is that this, I know this, I've learned this, my worldview has shown me that I am not God. There's so many things that happen in this life that I do not understand. Proverbs 2, chapter 6 says this, for the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. And I've learned through scripture over and over again, and I've learned through my life, and I've learned through situations that the wisdom of God is the beginning of knowledge, and the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge, and that the Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth is knowledge and understanding. A lot of people have claimed in my lifetime that they are wise. I think they're wise guys, maybe. But true wisdom and true knowledge the only thing that stands up for me in my young 44 years, I turned 44 last week, it was amazing. I said, thank you, thank you, happy birthday. The only thing that stands true is past the test of time is the knowledge that comes from God Almighty and his scripture. So where, or we need to know where wisdom comes from. It comes from God. Why do we need to know this? Because we need wisdom's guidance in our life, don't we? We need to be guided by something that is true and noble and real that's gonna stand the, pe- the, the test of times. I've tried to live as I am in control of my life. I've tried to control my own life. I'll tell you how it usually turns out. It usually turns out in a whole big old mess of junk. How about you? I got this, I can do this, I, I can make myself uh, go through this situation, I know what to do here, like I've tried to be wisdom on myself and I've tried to guide my own life and at the end of it, it just seems like sometimes I make a bigger mess than whatever even started. How about you? I've lived through situations where wisdom was worth so much more than anything in this world. And even as a pastor, I've been able to sit with, with couples that are going through hard times. Maybe they're fighting, maybe on the verge of divorce, maybe going through hard times, and I can tell you this, you can't just throw money at problems, right? Because I've even seen couples that unfortunately, their marriage falls apart, and all the things that even if they collected all the money in the world, it's gone. It's at least split in half, at best. You can't just throw money at problems. Ecclesiastes 7.12 says this, wisdom is a shelter as money is a shelter. But the advantage of knowledge is this, 
Wisdom perseveres those who have it. Wisdom is so much more than money. Knowledge is so much more. So we need wisdom's guidance. What we can do is we can pause, we can think of the Bible, we can think of Solomon and his pursuit. Like this is such a cool story in the Bible. Solomon in the Bible, God comes to him in 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 5, and this is what he asks. He says, at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon at night. Would that scare you a little if the Lord appeared to you at night? That's pretty cool. The, the Lord appeared to Solomon at night in a dream, and God said, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Whoa, pause. If God appeared to you and said, ask whatever it is you want, and I will give it to you, what would you say? What would you say? I mean, besides being as good looking as Aaron, I mean, what would you say there? Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Well, you can follow down a little bit longer in, in 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 9 through 10. And so, this is Solomon, he says, So give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? And the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. What did Solomon ask for? He had God's attention. God was looking at him in the eye and said, ask for whatever you want. And Solomon says, give your servant a discerning heart. Like, give me your wisdom. Give me your eyes to see and to do as you would. He asked for wisdom here. So church, where do you need a breakthrough in your life? I mean, Think about all aspects of your life. Where do you need a breakthrough in your life? And maybe this is it. Pray for God's wisdom. Pray for God's wisdom. Maybe it literally is in your job and your vocation. There's a problem that is so big you can't figure out. Like you're the expert of this area. It's under your control, whatever it is, and you just can't come up with the answer or you can't come up with the algorithm or whatever it is you're working on. Maybe that's the great, the best part ever to just stop and pray for wisdom. God, give me your wisdom. What would you do? How would you figure this out? And in a very real way, what do we pray over the doctors that are attending to Sandy today right now in this place? God, give them your wisdom. Give them insight to diagnose and to do. Like so, so where do you need a breakthrough? Maybe it's in your vocation. Maybe it's in your marriage. Maybe it's in your finances. Maybe it's in your attitude. Who knows where you need a breakthrough, but where you need a breakthrough, pray for his wisdom. James chapter 1, verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Do you believe in the God of the universe that he created the universe with one word? He spoke it into, into existence. Do you believe that this God is so powerful enough that he's pursued us and he's broken down walls and climbed mountains to pursue us and he's the author and perfecter of our faith. He's the beginning of knowledge and wisdom. Do you believe that? If you believe that, James challenges us and multiple times in the Bible, if you lack wisdom, ask God who gives generously to all. Generously to all. Where do you need a breakthrough in your life? And are you entering that spot under your own understanding and under your own experiences? Or are you entering that spot saying, God, give me your wisdom? Because I want to be a generous person of wisdom. I want to see things in life the way that you do. 
John 8, chapter 32 says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. God, in our lives, would you show us who you are? God, in this circumstance, and in this situation, would you show me what's true? Would you show me what's noble and right? And may I trust you for that wisdom, and may that wisdom, may that truth set me free, amen? As I lean on your understanding, not mine, as I lean on who you are. So what do we do with this wisdom? We walk in the way of the wise. We walk in the way of the wise. John 10, chapter 14 says this, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Do you strive to know the good shepherd more? Jesus is saying, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. God knows you. He's pursuing you. And I ask this, are you pursuing God? Do you desire to know him more? Do you want to strive to know the good shepherd more? I'm continuing through a lot of verses here, huh? These are good. Philippians 2, verses 5 through 8 says this. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So walk in the way of the wise. Jesus says, I know you, I'm pursuing you, I am the truth, and the charge in Philippians is to have the same mindset of Christ. And if you would continue through those verses, you would find out that the mindset of Christ says that he came to the earth to be a servant, to die on the cross, and to trust God with his life. That's true wisdom. And then Philippians 1, verses 9 through 11 says this, And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth and insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. All of of these verses that I'm giving you right now that are on your notes, you can go back and read and study or maybe you're writing them down points us to the author and perfecter of our faith, points us to the wisdom of Jesus Christ. To know him is to know wisdom. And why does God give us knowledge, and why does he give us wisdom, and why does he give us understanding? The last part of the verse that I just read, Philippians 1, verses 9 through 11, says this, so that through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise be to God. God wants to give you wisdom. He wants to give you understanding. He wants to give you truth. Why? At the end of the day, when you make that breakthrough, when you do that thing vocationally, or when your life has overcome circumstances that you didn't even know would happen, but God gave you insight, someone will look at your life from afar and say, that obviously wasn't you, Aaron. You're just not that smart. What was it? To the praise and glory of God. God has held me. He's kept me from the beginning of time, and he wants to give us breakthroughs. Why? So he gets the glory and credit and praise, and the world may know that he is true wisdom. Amen? The thing about me is I teach me more than I know. And what do I mean by that? I listen to me more than I listen to anyone else. 
I am on repeat and what goes on in my mind and what goes on in our minds every single day. Do you have the mind of Christ? And what is the aim of your knowledge? If the aim of our knowledge, it's given to us by God. And if the aim of our knowledge is to use it for us and to show how awesome we are, is that true knowledge? So we, we hang on to the thing of God and say, God, for your glory, give me your wisdom and give me your understanding. Teach me how to think the way that you do so I can maneuver through this situation. Give me deep insights into what you're doing. Why? For your glory, not mine. So what have we looked at with wisdom so far? Where does it come from? It comes from God. We need wisdom's guidance in our life, amen? We walk in the way of the wise by following Jesus, how he lived, how he speaks, what he knows, what he does. And why do we need to do this? Because the world's wisdom is weak. The world's wisdom is weak. So one of the things that I loved a whole lot in life were these things right here. Cracker Jacks. Anyone like Cracker Jacks? There you go. Oh, yeah. Anyone like Cracker Jacks? Jay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Cracker Jacks? Who wants it? Uh oh. Whoa, that was, well, oh, well. We'll try that. I've got four more. Oh, yeah. There we go. College people all day long, right? Okay. What? Here, I'll let you two fight. I'll throw it right in the middle. Oh, (laughs) there you go. Uh oh, there you go. All right. Cracker Jacks. What? What, what about these things? Like, okay, if you're as old as I am, those, those boxes used to be twice as big as they are right now, okay? You remember that? Amen to that? Look how tiny those things are. But why did I love Cracker Jacks? The so Cracker Jacks, man, it's not about the candy. It's not about the, the, the little nuts and all that stuff. And What's it about? It's about the prize at the end, right? Like, oh, man, I, I would, like, dump all that stuff out to get the prize. I remember as a young little lad a few years ago, opening up my huge box of Cracker Jacks, dumping it out, and there was an actual car that you could drive, like a really good prize in the bottom of that. Not quite, but in my mind it was like an incredible prize, like, oh yeah, actual things you play with. What's in there now? Like sticker tattoo things, what am I gonna do with that? Like is that a prize, how many of you actually like the prize in Cracker Jacks right now? Jay, well, give your prize away. I think Sarah wants actual tattoos, right? No, okay, you give it away. (laughs) <laughs> I'm joking. April's like, don't get it, get it. Okay. What am I getting at here? The world's wisdom is weak. Like, man, it may, it may seem good, like, but over time even, this stuff decays. The boxes get small. The prizes get cheesy and dumb. And less and less of the goodness. Stuff that's just not gonna last and just isn't gonna be the same. Like, the world's wisdom is weak. We can look at Daniel in the Bible. Daniel chapter one, verse 17 says this. To these four young men, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning, and Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kind, and God set him and set the people apart to have understanding from God that a king noticed and changed an entire environment and changed an entire culture because Daniel would not just follow the world's wisdom. He says, there's a prize at the end of this box that's so much better. I don't need the world's wisdom. It's just going to fade away. The world's wisdom is weak. See, as Christians, we have insight into eternity. 
We have insight into truth and understanding. We don't think just as the world thinks. Like we go to the Holy Spirit every day and say, God, give me understanding, your wisdom and truth and knowledge, and I want your heart and I want your wisdom and I want your understanding, and that's our prayer. He gives us this ability to tap into the eternal. And in Romans chapter 12, verse two, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And that's our prayer, that's our challenge, that we be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So as Paul is talking to this church, he's saying you excel in so many things. Like you excel in your speech, and you excel in your knowledge, and you excel in your faith, and you excel in all of these things. Isn't that a cool challenge for us today? To be generous people, even in our knowledge. To break through the temporal and ask God to show us eternal truth and understanding. And my prayer is for all of us, and our vocations actually, wherever we're at in Greeley in the area, that you would get breakthroughs in your vocation that you would be industry leaders, that someone in this room would actually come up with the cure for cancer, that whatever you're going through right now in your vocations, that we would have the wisdom and understanding to change the culture of Greeley, Colorado, that we would have insight from God. And I pray that on a personal level that I would have his wisdom and understanding and knowledge. Because if I'm driven by God, his wisdom Understanding and knowledge, watch out. Because ain't nobody compete with that. That's the good stuff. That's the true stuff. So how can I help us remember this today? I think Proverbs chapter two is an absolutely incredible chapter that we should all maybe sit on and think through and pray over our lives the rest of the week. Who's had a baby recently? Well, Nikki and Josh just left. Yeah, Chris, come on up here, bro. Little Jeremiah, we prayed over him. Or Jeremy, why did I say Jeremiah? I was thinking of Texas. Yeah, we prayed, we prayed over little Jeremy a few weeks ago. The report is he's, now he's getting fat and plumpy. He's growing, huh? Like a weed. He's growing like a weed. Let's continue to pray over Jeremy. Um, who was born at, how, how, how much did he weigh? Two pounds, 15 ounces. Two pounds, 15 ounces. What's he up to now, do you know? Well, yesterday he was four pounds, 2.8 ounces. Four pounds, 2.8, amen, amen. I bring you up here because you're, you're a new father to a son. What wisdom would you give your son, man? I mean, what, what would you say, and I don't, I don't want you to say right now, I'm just asking this question. I want you to see Chris as he's watching his, his baby boy get healthier every day and life come into him and praise God. But if you're a father or a mother, I mean, what wisdom would you give to your child? What would you say? You can sit down, buddy. Picture this. <laughs> I'm not gonna steal your chair, but I'll steal these two, okay? <laughs> yeah, picture this, man. Chris, right here. Little Jeremy, right here. The father is looking and saying, what do you want? Solomon says, 
I want wisdom. And the father's like, I'm going to give it to you, man. We've got Chris, we've got Jeremy sitting here. How would you instruct this new child? Train him in the way that they should go. Look at Proverbs chapter 2. My son, Chris says to Jeremy, or God says to you, or my daughters, as God says to you, women, my son, my daughter, if you accept my words and store up commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as silver and search for it as hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds success in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless. For he guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair. Every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse, who have left the straight paths to walk in dark ways, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perversiveness of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. Wisdom will save you also from adulterous women, from the wayward woman with her seductive words, who has left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God. Surely her house leads down to death and her path to the spirits of the dead. None who go to her return or attain the paths of life. Thus, you will walk in the ways of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will live in the land and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the unfaithful will be torn from it. Man, what a challenge for us to seek wisdom and understanding, not from the world, not from our brilliant education, not from just whatever ways, but wherever we're finding wisdom, we're, we're filtering it through the lens of God and saying, God, is this from you? Is this about you? And is this for you? Dang, what a good challenge, right? To live life and to think like God does, to have his wisdom. That's good stuff. If you would, just close your Bibles. And close your eyes. And in a moment, we're gonna have communion. I'm gonna invite Weston to start preparing for that and getting ready for that. And as we reflect, God, we need to know where wisdom comes from. It comes from you. God, we need wisdom's guidance. Would you please guide our steps, guide our thoughts, guide our heart? 
And may we walk in the way of the wise. May we look at you and live life the way you have. That our life would reflect you more clearly. That our lives would fully be aligned with your scripture and your word. And God, if we are hanging on anything other than your word, would you convict us of that and change us? May you remove pride if you need to remove pride. May whatever actions we have in our life, if they don't align with your word, God, may you strip them from us. Because God, we know that the the world's wisdom is weak, superficial, and temporal. You've invited us to bring heaven to earth, to have deep insight. You want to change people, places, and things, and I pray that it starts with us. You change our hearts. You change our mind. May we feel the way you feel. May we think the way you think. May we see the world the way you see it. Because the world's wisdom is weak. And God, we accept this challenge of Proverbs 2 to seek after wisdom and to dive into your wisdom, to chase after it and not to be lured away by evil desires or temporal wisdom or knowledge that'll just puff and vanish. But God, we seek after you. I pray that if there's anyone in this room today that doesn't know you, that you'd continue to pursue them and show them how much you love them, how much you've done for them. I pray that if there's any of us in this room that we call ourselves Christians, yet our actions are not lining up accordingly, that you would convict us so much, God, that we can't help but change. No matter the cost, God, sin will just take us further than we ever want to go and pay more than we're ever willing to pay. We don't want to look up years from now with deep regret, God. I pray that when you convict us right now in this place, that we would change, that you would be the Lord of our lives, that lordship would be to you and you only. And we would align our lives more fully with your Holy Spirit and with your word because that's life and understanding. God, we thank you. We thank you for this life. And I pray that we can continue to be a people that would sit in silence and look at your face every day. And just get a smile on our face, knowing that you love us, not because of what we've done or don't do or haven't done, but because simply you call us sons and daughters of a king. And I pray it's with that smile and that understanding we live our every second of every day as we seek after you and your understanding. God, continue to show us who you are in this place today.